Welcome back. It is the Find Me in Seattle podcast. I am your host this week. As every week, my name is Connor Kaysen. Here at Find Me in Seattle, I tell stories about people, places, and things here in our beautiful city of Seattle. Talk about the news, things that are going on in current events, and I explore and promote all the local businesses from food to retail to pop-ups and everything in between here in Seattle. And 2020 has been a very crazy changing year, as you are all aware. It is an unavoidable concept, but uh, it keeps on trucking here at Find Me in Seattle. And it's been really cool to, over the last six months, how things have evolved and how businesses have come and gone and people have tried new things and experimented new things. And it's been really inspiring for me to kind of insert myself and get to try so many of these things. So I'm thinking about all the different like home delivery things that I've promoted and experimented with over the years or over the years, over the last couple of months, I have a uh, promotion that I'm doing for a dinner theater called Cafe Nordo. I'm going to be making that video here this week. So we'll talk about it on next week's episode. And uh, I went to a few different places this week that we're going to talk about later in the show uh, that I was impressed with, with just how they're adapting to 2020. It's been a very, very busy week. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen that I haven't been there very much this week because I just haven't had, uh, I've been caught up in so many other things. I'm busier than ever when it comes to uh, the services, the way that I primarily make money in helping businesses with their marketing and that I've been very blessed and lucky to have uh, a lot of people calling my phone, sending me emails on things that they're building. I saw a stat that was in the state of Washington. I think it was the state of Washington, not just Seattle, that last month more people filed for business licenses than they did in September 2019, which is very inspiring of the time a lot of people are trying to create new things, start new things. I think a lot of people are trying to start businesses maybe for the first time or they started making masks or they started baking bread or making cookies and figuring out ways to sell it and start something different and this is the part that I was most excited for the the positive that was going to come out of this pandemic just like every major catastrophe or event in maybe human history was we are very very resilient as human beings and so many beautiful things get created out of these moments and it's it's cool to be a part of and uh see some of these things starting now uh although we're not even close to being out of the pandemic it is uh very impressive to see how many people are being resilient and creating new things and and starting new things and being experimental i think this is uh like this going to create this renaissance here uh probably all across the world but at least here in seattle People are trying new things, creating new art, finding parts about themselves that they didn't know about. And so I'm going to share some of those stories uh, of things that I experienced this week. But let's start. I've got two things for this week in Seattle news that I want to talk about. Uh, first was that the Washington Supreme Court struck down a, a ballot initiative that we voted on in the last election in 2019. It was I-976, which uh, was was always talked about and highlighted. The headline was that they wanted to reduce the price of car tabs to $30. Uh, I've known a car for a while, but 
I know the fees and taxes were adding up multiple hundreds of dollars uh, to register your car in the state of Washington, get a up-to-date state of Washington license plate. And in the last election, it was, I think, like 54% voted for, and it passed, uh, and then immediately was taken into controversy and, and was going to go into this courts. And the Supreme Court finally struck it down, said it was unconstitutional, and, and their main reasons were that the measure uh, contained too many subjects and the title misled voters. So the title was all about like $30 car tab, um, but there was a lot of other details and things that they were voting on, and they said that it was too many topics to be voting on for one thing. Everyone thought we were just voting on car tabs and uh, th there were some other details in there that I'm not going to, I'm not educated enough, honestly, to dive into them. This was just the big headline. Uh, but the big thing for us city dwellers here in Seattle, because what happened was this was a statewide initiative and a lot of the money in these car tabs goes to helping public transportation services. And obviously all the density is in Seattle and so much of the people working in the state are coming to this. So all of the public transportation services are happening here within the city. And a lot of that tax revenue on the fees are helping this specific demographic of people. So then when you get people on the other parts of the state voting for it, of course, they're going to vote a against raising the fees at all, um, but lowering their car fees, they're going to be excited about that. And that uh, just obviously fights a lot with a lot of the initiatives that we're trying to do here in Seattle and make public transportation a better, uh, more serviceable option. But I could, I totally understand if you don't live here in the city, you're not working in the city. You're definitely driving a lot. You're not taking as much public transportation. So the $30 tabs uh, is extremely appealing. So I, I don't blame anyone for voting against this, especially if you're not someone using those services. But what it came down to was over 20 years, they predicted, uh, an agency predicted that between 2021 and 2041, that we, the state and city was going to lose $7 billion in tax revenue that like funds all of the buses, uh, all, uh, so much of the public transportation. I'm sure that goes into a lot of the light rail and link infrastructure that we're creating. And that's just a huge loss. And a big city needs to provide those things. When you think about uh, people with disabilities, right? Low income individuals who rely on these services to cut all of those is just not fair to those people. And so it got struck down. I on the side because I ride public transportation and I understand the value and the benefit of living in the city. Um, so there, there's a big split on this with the Supreme Court ruling against it because uh, voters voted for it. But Supreme Court deemed it unconstitutional. I'm happy to you know, be on, on this one side, but on you go on the internet, there's a lot of people cheering and a lot of people who are pissed about this because driving your car is expensive. But if our city and our state are trying to be these eco-friendly places uh, and provide these alternate forms of transportation, this is just one of the things that comes with it. And so uh, my household currently only owns one car and we're not driving it a lot right now, but I know that those what those services provide on those fees. So I'm, I'm going to be on the side of shouldering that cost to help those people get around the city because it's very important. And that's where a lot of jobs are and a lot of access to get around. Uh, okay. So enough about that. Another big news headline that happened this week was uh, the, famous best cafe up on aurora is temporarily 
closing down the 24-hour cafe is really famous for their 12-egg omelet, uh, which I've actually never had. Uh, I've eaten at Best Cafe a ton of times, but whenever we eat there, it was like, do, it's it's cool that we watched on TV. We've seen this challenge, but never really uh, actually dove in and eaten that omelet. It's actually something I wanted to film here if I mean Seattle, and I just never got to. Uh, if you've never heard about it or seen it before, go check it out. A lot of uh, the man versus food type shows have gone and eaten there. Best Cafe is kind of like one of those uh, iconic Seattle places. It sounds like they will be back. I'm not too sure about that, but they are closing down uh, understandably because breakfast isn't a huge to-go item. They're open 24-7, but uh, some of these greasy spoon restaurants aren't really the to-go specialty, and so I assume it's hard to get people into that space. And so really sad just goes with the other hundreds of businesses that we've lost. Hopefully Beth's Cafe will be back. And it's not a permanent loss, um, but just another another sad, iconic Seattle place to go. It's going to be we're going to live in a different city in five years. A lot of these iconic places aren't going to be talked about. And once again, it's just another reason why I think it's important to be documenting these times and these places. And uh, it's sad that some of these places are going to miss out and and they're going to be forgotten in Seattle history. And there was a really good article in the New York Times I got passed around the internet this week, and it was uh, all about the Seattle restaurant scene here in Seattle. And they were talking with Tom Douglas and Ethan Stoll and uh, Miranda from Musong, the, you know, the really popular, famous chefs here in Seattle, and just talking about the difficulties in making decisions, laying off employees, what restaurants to keep, which ones to go and just how hard it is and how hard it was in the beginning. Right. We had the first death in the state from coronavirus in the last week of February. And just like how quickly that hit a lot of these businesses before the shutdown, which I think was on March 17th. Um, but the list goes on. It's going to continue to go on. We're not anywhere close, so it, it's sad. It, uh, it's going to just keep going. But hopefully some of these businesses that are iconic will get the chance to come back. That's it for the headlines that I wanted to talk about this week in the show. Obviously, there's a lot going on. Uh, lots of news about Seattle Police Department this week, the West Seattle Bridge. Uh, if you're interested in those things, go check those out. But I wasn't going to show them this week here on the show. All right, let's talk about this week here at Find Me in Seattle and some of the interesting things that I saw during the week. If you happen to miss them on my other social channels, a first earlier in the week, I got lunch at a pasta restaurant called GH Pasta. It's kind of like Denny Triangle, a couple blocks south of Denny and like 6th or 7th Avenue. The food was shockingly good. Um absolutely delicious pasta all handmade pasta it's part of another restaurant group as well um, they're only open for lunch everything is uh compostable from the containers to the bags and obviously the food that was in it and i passed this place tons of times over the last year and finally i was uh, shooting some drone footage of the pink elephant car wash the elephant sign that i shared last week and it was right there i was like all right i gotta go eat the spot brought it home and blew me away easily going to go up into the reoccurring lunch spots because it's easy to access there in the city and uh the two things that i ordered first was the daily special it was the crusty de gallo it was a uh, pasta with cream and garlic sauce and it had delicata squash and parmesan and 
uh, when I opened it up, it was that like cream sauce. So it was just the noodles. I thought something was missing, but that uh, the deeper I went and the sauce was more like towards the bottom of the pasta, it got better and better and better. The first bite I took that I filmed, it was kind of like underwhelming. But then when I got deeper into the sauce, it was so good. The squash was really good. Another item is a regular on the menu. It is the rigatoni. It had tomato sauce and burrata. Uh, it was baked. The burrata like melted all over. Oh, so good. I can't wait to eat this place again. Um, delicious, delicious pasta. Really impressed. Shout out to you, GH Pasta. Very good. Reminder, they're only open for lunch. So I know that's very difficult for some people to get there. Uh, but if you get a chance, highly, highly recommend you get their pasta. It was delicious. Later in the week, I went to this pop-up. It's called Periodic, and that's over in like the new Amazon buildings, kind of down the street from GH Pasta. And Periodic, every month or two months, they're like swapping out these different experiences and pop-ups. Some are paid, some are free. And I know they had a bike pop-up there previously. I unfortunately wasn't able to, to find a scheduling time that would work where I could ride the bike around, but... This past month, they had this artist, his name is Casey, and he goes by the handle and the name Sensibellum. And Casey was really cool, and his art is a creative combination of like taking artistic concepts and technology and like blending them together. And this art pop-up was free. You just had to schedule it. If you're hearing this today, tomorrow, Saturday, the 17th, I believe is the last day, but it was very cool on how he's just been creative. So we walk in, he's the, he was there on Wednesday, so he kind of gave us a personal tour of the space. The space wasn't that big. I was expecting that it was going to be a little bit bigger. I don't know why I was expecting like this Instagram moment, um, but it was just way more focused on his art. He had this one, it was kind of like a, a sonogram, but which is normally this like copper uh, bar that you stick up and the closer you get to touching it uh, it creates sound waves and, and music and what he did is he ran that current uh, he told us it doesn't need to be like a piece of metal it actually can be different objects so he took a plant a house plant and then that was um, that was what was creating the sound field you didn't touch the plant but you got close to it and as you moved your hands around the plant it would make all uh, different noises and sounds at different pitches and then there was a visual behind the plant that showed all of the wavelengths. So as you were making noises, it was going up and down. It was really cool um, and just more fun than seeing, you know, playing with the, the bar. It was cool. It was like integrated with the house plant. He had another like camera that was reflecting all the light and then that was connected to a display panel of lights. And so as you walked across the camera, the light was reflecting back and it created just like this beautiful aura of lights. That was really fun. Uh, he had this microscope that it was a camera microscope but then he 3d printed kind of the foundation and the structure of the microscope around it it was 150x and we get there and he had uh, a 20 bot thai uh dollar bill should we say no it's not a dollar and immediately obviously man and i are very attractive we're like hey like no way the one form of currency that's in this palette of items to look at the microscope is a Thai bot and a man pulls out of our pocket like a one bot coin. And we looked at the one bot coin and it's just very interesting at that depth to see all the detail only in a coin, but also like how much it's scratched up and you see the wear and tear that the coin has. And then, uh, yeah, two more other exhibits that we thought were really interesting. One was, uh, he had this light and camera display looking down on a sandbox and the sandbox 
was uh, the color that was projected on the sandbox reflected the height of the sand. So you had all these shovels, and as you piled up the sand, it kind of looked like you were looking at a a, a mountain. A, to, is it topographical? topography map uh where if you were really high up you were red and if you were really down low in elevation it was blue so you could like shift the sand and you could see it the color changing in live time as the camera was uh, checking the distance so you could like build a pool and it would turn all blue and then next to it you can build a mountain that got it up to all, all the red and it was just like a fun very unique interactive piece of art he had a 3d printer and then he built this like sim city game uh, that would create like little disasters for you and you had to fix it. And you so you spend 30 minutes. You're the only ones in the exhibit, which is really cool. And you just get 30 minutes to uh, play around with all of these different um, pieces of interactive technological art. And that was super fun. So shout out to you, Casey, at Sensabellum and peri Periodic Pop-Up. Really cool idea. And uh, I'm excited to see what comes next because I know the art display is ending this upcoming weekend. I went and I sat in a brewery this week uh, with a friend of mine. We went to Stoop Brewing in Ballard, and I was very uh, curious and a little uh, scared about going and having this beer at the brewery. I didn't know what to expect. And it probably took us, like I think we waited like 15 minutes in line outside to get in. But what Stoop Brewery's done actually was very impressive. It's definitely a place that I would plan to go back, especially if I'm trying to schedule a socially distanced meetup. They've established all of these like private little tent booths throughout uh, their outside area and even their upside outdoor patio, um, outside upstairs patio, excuse me. And I thought it was really cool. So we waited in line because they have like a traditional host stand and they're managing all the different seats around. And so um, we got this like special little tent. It didn't cost anything except for buying the beer. Uh, you wait in line. The host tells you where your table is or your seat or wherever your space is. You order beer up at the bar and then you walk and you take your spot. And yeah, they had like this tent up that created like a little uh, private box for us. And it was just uh, my friend and I, and we hung out and drank these beers and we had this private little spot. Didn't see anybody else because we were blocked by this tent, but it was still had the open air flowing through. Felt very safe. Uh, very secure in the spot. It was very creative for them to adapt to this. We'll see how warm they can keep it as the weather keeps getting colder and colder. But I was there in the evening from uh, like 6.30 to 8 p.m. And I, I had a sweatshirt on, but I wasn't cold yet. So that's still good. Um, as the rain comes around, we'll see how they can adapt and adjust. But uh, Stoop Brewing, you're definitely going to be my featured business of the week because I think you're doing a pretty good job at uh, creating a socially distanced environment that felt safe and secure and a good place to just go hang out and be somewhere different. I was very shocked to see how vibrant that part where all the breweries are in Ballard, how vibrant it was. There's lots of people out, uh, lots of people going to all the different breweries, obviously uh, maintaining their distance and sitting at their own private tables. But it was cool to see that like sense of community and, and people still going out and having that camaraderie of community while still being distanced and being safe. It, it uh, was inspiring to see that we're in this month now and uh, people are figuring out ways to adapt and they just deserve the shout out because I left there and I said, wow, I really feel safe. And it was a good spot. It was a place that I would recommend to go. If you um, are trying to meet up with a friend or two and you don't know where to go, Stoop Brewing is certainly a place I'd recommend um, and if you can get like one of those little private tents, that was great. And it didn't take us too long 
to to wait outside to get into that spot. So we had masks on the entire time, except when we were taking sips of the beer. So shout out to you guys there at Stoop Brewing. Uh, shout out to Periodic Pop-Up and Casey at Sensabellum. GH Pasta in, I guess that's Belltown, our Regrade, our Denny Triangle. You guys are all featured here, doing great things. Really impressed. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me to all those spots. That is the conclusion here of my latest episode of the Find Me in Seattle podcast. And I got a very exciting week. I got an extremely busy week. It's been uh, this month and last month have been my busiest months and weeks really of since I started Find Me in Seattle a couple of years ago. So I've got a lot of clients, uh, client work happening. I'm building some really interesting things. I'm working on an app right now. I'm building a website for a very interesting client. Uh, I got lots, lots of, uh, lots of fun things happening. So thank you very much for, uh, listening along, following along this app that I'm working on has kind of become the primary project that I am working on. And so I'm excited to start sharing that with you. We're just in the development process, but we started uh, actually, we've designed the entire app and now we're going to build it. So I will uh, later, maybe in a couple weeks, I will actually start telling you about it when I get my hands on something a little bit more tangible to share. But uh, thanks very much for listening. Please like and subscribe and give me that five star review on iTunes. If you don't like it enough, then, uh, you know, you'll probably be deleting me from the app anyways. And uh, if you really want to support Find Me in Seattle, please go buy a shirt or a hat on my website at findmeinseattle.com. That is super cool. I'd love to see uh, more of that get out there. And like I said last week, if you, even if you want to find me in Seattle sticker, just shoot me a message and I will send you that for free in the mail and send you uh, some snail mail, support the USPS and get that out there. Uh, make sure to wash your hands, treat people fairly, treat people caringly. And um, yeah, love yourself this week. Good luck. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.